You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 26. Andy is back. Hello. Hello, Andy, and uh, hope, hopefully all is good with the search for the new uh, the new digs. So uh, I guess I should ask you, how are you doing? Uh, I'm a little stressed out because, like, as you had mentioned, I couldn't be with you our last podcast because I was uh, signing a new lease. And, yeah, I am moving, which is very stressful, but also exciting, but mostly stressful. So today I've just been, and in the last few days, I've just been going through things and boxing things up and throwing things out and playing the whole like do I really need this uh, stupid like t- multi-tool I'm never going to use or, or you know what those type of things where it's just like well you know if I'm ever need to you know it's just I don't know it's just you try to justify it yourself and you just say just throw it out stupid it's been collecting dust under your bed like you know that type of stuff so stressful but it's going exciting and it's going uh it's going good so uh yeah how are you doing i'm doing well i uh i had listen as an adult there's like the top three worst things as an adult is obviously paying bills moving and i don't even know what the third one is it's just having to work every single day uh yeah the third thing just pretty much encompasses everything uh i did something similar andy i feel like 2022 new year new me i threw away i didn't throw them out i i'm getting rid of a lot of a lot of clothes i feel like i have way too many some of the stuff doesn't fit and it's not even like it used to fit it never fit and i just kept it because i felt like I just needed to keep it because it was like new. Someone got it for me or someone passed it down to me. And, you know, I, so I got, I, I got, I bagged everything and I'm, I'm going to donate it. Some of the stuff had to be thrown out because, uh, you know, there were more holes than, you know, th- there were more holes than a graveyard or yeah. Is there holes in a graveyard? I don't know. I don't know. Dumb joke. But there, some of the like stuff that I had was, I couldn't even believe I still owned it. Like, you know, holes around the collar. It just, it was, it was a bad look. So uh, I'm kind of cleansing the house of all 
clothes that I'll never wear. So getting to donate those and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, I feel for you though, with the whole moving process. So here we are, uh, Sunday night and, uh, you know, what do you got for me? Cause I feel like before we went on, went on, uh, the air for the podcast, some stuff was happening. Yeah. So an eventful day, obviously we're coming off of the Rangers with a nice bounce back win over the Anaheim Ducks last night. Much, uh, much needed, much needed. Uh, with uh, some great performances by some of the young players from Hartford brought up uh, via the taxi squad. Um, this morning, we get the Rangers get some, or I should say this morning, I'd say as of three hours, uh, three or four hours ago, we get some good news that Artemi Panarin uh, and Patrick Nemeth have come out of COVID protocols and they both practice with the team today. So that was good. But uh, what a roller coaster this is. Two hours ago, we get an update. Uh, another Someone else has entered COVID, COVID protocol, James. Who do you think it is? I'm going to have to say Adam Fox. Uh, it's not Adam Fox. Uh, okay. A little bit older than Adam Fox. He's a bit older, I should say. A, bit, a good bit older. A good bit older than Adam Fox. Mm-hmm. Chris Kreider. No, he... Uh, He's not. It's not Chris Kreider. Um, maybe I'll give you one more. Yeah, one more guess. Um, God, he's uh, he doesn't have a lot of uh, Goudreau. Uh, no, it's not. It's not Goudreau. Oh my God! Right, you're, you ready? You ready? Yeah. Update. This is via the Rangers uh, social media account. Update: Gerard Gallant has entered COVID protocol. Oh my. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Chris Knobloch will assume temporary head coaching duties in his absence. So, uh, yeah, Turk is in COVID protocol now. And Chris Knobloch, who we might all remember from when, uh, when David Quinn missed a couple of games uh, last season, is up from Hartford, which is kind of strange. But maybe not so much if they think he's eventually going to be a bench boss uh, for the Rangers one day as is to kind of be believed, especially considering how they treated his call up last time, because we know that Turk is very close with uh, his assist, his assistant uh, coaches on the team already. And usually some other teams have had their assistants just take over. So it's kind of strange that Chris uh, Knobloch would get the call up from Hartford to come coach the big club. But yeah, I mean, the, the Rangers played really well <laughs> under, I think, they played three games and they won two of them like going away and they lost the third one, but it wasn't that big of a, you know, it was a close game. If I remember correctly, I think one of those games where we blew out the flyers last year was uh, with uh not blocked behind the bench. So yep. yeah, uh, obviously this, uh, the, the COVID protocol situation in the league is keeps on keeping on. So the Rangers are definitely on the other end of it right now. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, Chris Knobloch's definitely, uh, has shown to they like to say they're coaching Hartford exactly the same with the same system and th- with some synergy with the big club and uh Chris Knobloch's done a good job down there and I mean we saw just some of his players come up and play really well for the Rangers last night so that that should definitely help I, I mean this is uh news to me I told you before we went on you asked me if I have you know saw anything on Twitter with the Rangers over the last couple hours and I said the only thing I watched today was you know highlights of the win last night and so this is all breaking news to me this is the first time I'm hearing of it obviously hopefully you know 
Gallant being, you know, an older gentleman, uh, you know, hopefully he does all right. I'm sure he'll be fine. But uh, yeah, no, uh, listen, this is the challenge that every team in the NHL is, is facing. And the Rangers aren't unique in this situation where they lose their head coach. It's it's happened all across the league. Uh, but, you know, truthfully, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know about you and how you feel about it, but uh, I feel with this New York Rangers team, it's maybe it's good timing. Uh, they're on the road. Uh, they're bonding. Uh, they get Panarin. They get, you know, Panarin back. Obviously, that's huge. And I just think, you know, if you look at the, how this season has gone, they really do play for each other. And I think they're really going to step up and, you know, try to get a couple wins for Gallant uh, while he's out. Uh, you know, I don't put too much thought into you know who's taking over the head coaching position I mean uh listen I I don't know I I just feel like you know yeah they might have plans for this guy in the future but you know overall right now I I think Chris Jury is thinking about you know this team right now and you know since they the Rangers do have a few new faces in the lineup with like Morgan Barron was playing and you have Jones and Nils and you know, you just have so many young kids on this team. I just think maybe it's a little bit more comfortable for him to take over and, and be on the bench and kind of be that vocal leader. Uh, you know, otherwise, I don't know. I, I would imagine that they're going to Zoom Gallant before every game and before every practice and meet with him every day and just get his thoughts on, you know, how he would approach each game. But, you know, overall, you know, I... You know, I don't know, Andy. I just feel like this is uh, par for the course with the with how this uh, season's going for the NHL as an entirety. No, you're absolutely right, and yeah, this most likely will not affect the Rangers much. So obviously, you never want to say they're lucky because you know you wish uh, Turk all the best and a speedy recovery, and hopefully he's asymptomatic. But again, I mean, uh, it's not like Knobloch's going to come in and, and go rogue. And say, all right, boys, change of plans. We're like going to play the trap. We're going to have someone, you know, waiting at the at the you know at the at the, the far blue line for stretch pad. Like he's not going to change the system. It should be just business as usual. They're pros. Uh, the system pretty much the same, and he's just going to call them. You know, so I don't know. Outside of, uh, and again, you know, we we know that Turk really does lean heavily on his assistants and he has trust in him. So yeah, I, I don't think much changes for the Rangers. I don't think it'll drastically affect their performance. And but you made a good point. The one good thing is that um they they were obviously good last night, that maybe there's some extra an added layer of comfortability there for Morgan Barron and uh Brodzinski if he, you know, yeah. fact, factors in the lineup again or if any of the other Hartford youngsters like uh, Gettinger or you know whoever ends up in in the lineup are is in there. But yeah, again they they all showed out and seemed pretty comfortable uh, last night against uh, the Ducks, and I definitely think this is a good segue to talk about that game. Uh, did you, James? Did you get to watch the game? I watch as much as I can. Uh, I fell asleep somewhere in the middle of the second period, um, but you know I was able to watch the recap and some of the highlights, and you know kind of get a gist of uh, you know. Of course, I missed a, a, an exciting third period where the Rangers, you know, were able to capitalize on some of their chances. But, you know, overall, uh, you know, you got to give credit to this team for bouncing back. And and, you know, for me, that Vegas loss was a little frustrating, uh, given the way it went. Uh, I 
I actively shut that one down after once Jones hit to back up to the Vegas game real quick, Andy, you know, I got to applaud the Rangers here, but you know, in the Vegas game, Jones hits the post, Vegas goes down and scores a goal. I clicked it off. I knew exactly what it was going to be. A blowout just wasn't the Rangers night. I thought they played a good, you know, first period. They were overwhelmed by the transitioning of of the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, they suffered a loss. It was their first game on the road after traveling out west. They have, you know, some, you know, COVID issues with, you know, no Panarin, no Igor, you know. So, you know what? It's to me, that's almost like the first game of the season against the Washington Capitals. Flush that down the toilet. Let's get ready. Let's get ready to go against Anaheim. Um, and, you know, the Rangers, I, I felt like they had a good first period. Uh, they fall behind, but they're able to tie it up. And, you know, they they get a gutsy win against a team that's been pretty good this year in the West. And, you know, for the Rangers to be able to bounce back like the way they did just is another testament to how this team refuses to get shaken up. And, uh, you know, I thought a lot of the younger kids that were in the lineup stepped up, played well. And, you know, here we are, a 4-1 win on the road to get back to 1-1. and And, you know, hopefully, I don't know if you listened to the podcast I did solo, my goal was to finish 3-2 and two on these five games. And, you know, here we are at 1-1. One one. We're in pretty good shape. And, uh, you know, that was definitely a feel-good win. You're taking a yeah, sip of that tea. Like you said, well, uh, well yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well enough. said. Um, and, 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 you know, for context, Vegas uh, going into that game was coming off of back-to-back losses to the Jets and the Predators. So they were desperate to get in the win column. Uh, the Rangers were coming into that game on the road, feeling real good about themselves, about how after uh, back-to-back victories over uh, Tampa and then you know a, lo- a win over the Oilers. So the, the Rangers had won three in a row. So it happens. And obviously, it, it was just very funny to me to see like all the same neg- negative uh, Rangers fans on social media just kind of then finally come out of their, their hidey holes and be like, see, I told you. They can't do it against the teams. So, but so Vegas lost last night to the Chicago Blackhawks, who, let's face it, aren't very good. And they lost to the Jets, who are having a, a tough time this season. And then I look at the Rangers, and in years past, the wheels would fall off the wagon in, in, once every three or four Rangers games. But this season, you can only really point to a handful of games. And that happens to every team in the league, right? It happened in the first game of the season, obviously. Uh, you could maybe say it happened against uh, Calgary both times. And yeah, really, other than this game, I, I can't, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's just, you know, they obviously blew some leads here and there, but it's just, they played, like you said, they played a good peri- first period and then uh, they just kind of played with bad turnovers right into the good knight's hands with their counterattack game and yeah they just couldn't stop the bleeding and obviously that third pairing of hayek and jones got abused and it was was what it was hayek i think was on the goal <laughs> ice for every uh goal even strength goal against so um yeah it was what it was and they bounced back with a solid performance last night where they hold anaheim to what what was it like 16 shots or something in the entire game uh, 14 and, 14 damn and and they get 40 themselves. So obviously it was a really strong uh, bounce back for them. And that just shows that they are a better team. I mean, again, that doesn't, I'm not using this as to say that 
this is proof that they're like a top flight contender in the league, but they're just clearly a good team because they, after they lose, they, they usually write the ship pretty quick. If not the next game, even, even if they don't win the next game, it's been a better effort. And yeah, I mean, uh, the ducks are second in the Pacific and honestly watching them last night. And I have, obviously I've watched a lot of their, as much of them as I, I can up because Zegers is so exciting, but like you had mentioned that time differential is a real real pain in the ass <laughs> and but yeah i mean just last night i just even in the the first period which was kind of i thought the rangers were the better team in the first period but just even in the second period where obviously the ducks had some good pressure but yeah they just kind of reminded me of um rangers teams in the past couple of seasons where they clearly have some skill in their their lineup but there was a lot of reticence to really go to that really tough areas that the Rangers have now are starting to try to make their living at that Turk has instilled in this team. And yeah, just uh, the Rangers much like just watching. And I thought the Rangers were dominant in the third period where just uh, much like the golden Knights just gave them no time or space. The Rangers were doing that. And they're especially, they lose Revo going into that game as he enters COVID protocol. But you know, you put Gettinger and now you have guys like uh, Baron and Brodzinski in the in the lineup. And uh, I love what Revo's brought to this team, but he's a slower guy. So it just seemed like the forecheck was just much faster and feistier, at least in terms of just really skating and forechecking. And they have a lot of young players and young role players and young defenders. And their back end is either young and or not the most fleet of foot. And guys like Cam Fowler and... Uh, Shattenkirk they're not the fastest guys so yeah really caused them some problems and, and caused them to turn the puck over and thus the Rangers just uh yeah drew a lot of penalties with their their speed and their forecheck and it was a good night for them so I was obviously very happy with the bounce back and again I think it just shows that this is a this is a I'm not saying it's a great team but it's clearly a good team hockey fans DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. And since the NHL got rid of ties in 2005, you know someone's just going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is, it's so hard to kind of pinpoint what the Rangers are, right? Because, yeah, they do lay eggs every once in a while. But the fact of the matter is they're 23-9-4. They have 50 points in the Metropolitan Division. They're number two to the Carolina Hurricanes. They're, you know, neck on neck and neck with, you know, the Washington Capitals. They think they own the, the tiebreaker with them uh, because they have more regulation wins. I, I think that's the, the tiebreaker. I could be completely wrong. But, you know, you look at the Rangers season so far, it's like, OK, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, I, 
I think we all know who the Rangers are. I don't think anyone, you know, in their right mind is sitting there being like, well, Rangers need to be considered the, the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. I just think, you know, the Rangers are right there with the best teams in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to beat those teams. It's tough to beat Carolina, Washington, Florida, Tampa, and you go out west. Yeah, it's going to be tough to beat Nashville, Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas, you know, Anaheim, Minnesota. Like, it's tough to beat those teams because they are the better teams in the NHL. So you look at the Rangers' record against them, you know, those types of teams, and, you know, they might have a a slightly losing record, but that doesn't automatically make them you know, the worst team in the league and they should be eighth in standings. Like they are what they are. I mean, they've, they've earned 50 points. They have 23 wins. We're only 36 games into the season. We're not even halfway there. So yeah, it's tough. And and then you look at, you know, this ducks game and, you know, it was such a big game and they stepped up while they were on the road. They're short staffed. They have a, a bunch of new faces and they came together and pulled out a team win. I mean, you know, and, you know, I've spoken about this a few times and we can get into this, Andy, is that I always said the difference between the New York Rangers being in that tier one group and that tier and the tier two group, which I think they belong in, is, you know, the secondary scoring, the, you know, the supporting cast. I need more from them. I need more from Lafreniere, Kako, you know, Heedle. You just need more. You need them to produce more. And, yeah. you know, Kako had a nice pass. And, and, and finally, um, Zibanejad is that Zibanejad. Oh, my God, I'm stuttering. Zibanejad is scoring. Uh, you know, Jared yeah. Tonori just makes it simple. You can go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, I was going to say, I actually, as far as Lafreniere goes, I thought he was the best player in his line. I thought Ryan Strom had an uncharacteristically... Uh, poor game. He made some pretty dumb decisions last night. Had some stupid turnovers, and a lot of plays died on a stick. But again, he's he's on it his game more than he's off. But I thought Lafreniere was good again, and I mean, what a difference in terms of his mindset. He's really turning into a, a hound on the forecheck. And yeah, I think at times he was he would make smart plays, and then try to get open and wait for it to get back. And Strom would try like a blind backhand pass, and almost like Panarin who can kind of pick up on those things early, but it would just kind of go to no one or just quickly get corralled by the ducks and go the other way. So I was really happy with his game last night. And yeah, even Kako, like you had mentioned, he makes a pretty nice play. Uh, and obviously Mika was going again last night. He, you could tell from the drop of the first, he looked like he had a little extra in the tank. So uh, he, and I think he always plays well against the ducks. He's got like a lot of points against them or something <laughs> so ridiculous, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think to your point, uh, you're absolutely right. It it was a great sign to see the extra supporting cast from Hartford come up and play well. Um, but at the same time, these it's not solidified by any means right now. These are kids you can make, you can pencil in and slate in for maybe the future, but they're clearly not at the point where they're just like a, there's no solidified. I think it's a problem is that they're all in the mix, and if they're all in the mix, that means that none of them have really. Uh, made a case beyond the other ones, if that makes any sense. Because right now it's like, after, even though he was impressing early on, it's like Dryden Hunt, well, he was out last game, but you know he's he kind of had, leading up to that, he had kind of started to cool off. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Rooney ha- it just came back, but again, again, he wasn't doing much, and Revo was clearly just showing his lack of speed. So yeah, I mean, right now it, 
it, they got a little uh, boost in infection of youth between Gettinger coming in and acquitting himself much better this time. Same thing with Barron looking much more confident. And he was a, he was a beast uh, on the boards and, and in the dot. I think he won like seven of his eight uh, faceoffs he took or something like that. And yeah, that's what the Rangers need. So I, I would definitely I definitely hope Morgan Barron sticks with the big club because I definitely think a fourth line of him, Rooney and uh, Dryden Hunt could be pretty good, you know, especially if you're going to keep. Uh, I definitely think that with what we've seen from him recently, you think you can maybe keep uh, uh, Goudreau up at least in the third line at this point. And Heedle at wing was seemed to be a much improved, you know, he drew a nice penalty and he had two pretty good, good uh, plays last night that I really noticed. And again, I think it's one of those things when he's not thinking so much, when he starts thinking, he gets himself in trouble. So I think the wing just makes it his job to get in on the puck and just worry about it later. Whereas you give him too much, the center has a spot is a lot of responsibility. And I think sometimes it handcuffs him, you know? Yeah, and you know, I, I felt like the Rangers in the for, for first time in a long time just kept their game simple, just throwing pucks on net and and you know, kind of hovering around that crease looking for rebounds and and you can just tell that the Rangers it was a different feel, you know, with the Anaheim game than it's been in a, in a while. And you know, they're on the West Coast. I think there's just adversity that they've they've had to run into these past couple of weeks with you know so many COVID cases. But again, you know. If you if you get the supporting cast, the all stars on the Rangers, you know they play consistent enough to, you know, make things happen. And the fact that we got that win without Panarin and you know without Igor having to bail us out, it just I don't know. It's it just a I guess a proud win as a fan to watch this team step up and get two points. And you know I, I know I've been tough on on the Rangers and been very critical about you know who they are and and what their identity really is. And, and I know I had the the whole thing with the cleansing week and I was a hundred percent right. Uh, you know, it's a feel with this team and when they're feeling themselves and they buy into this team game and, you know, everyone's working everyone and they can roll four lines and there's just a simple game to, you know, simple element to their game. Good things happen. And when they try to get too fancy, when you see that they're forcing passes, uh, when they're trying that tic-tac-toe goal instead of just throwing it on net. And, you know, you mentioned Strom. I felt like Strom was trying to do too much. I don't know if it's not having Panarin in the lineup. He feels like he needs to be a little extra. But, you know, some of the things that he was doing last night, it's like, dude, Strom, just throw it on goal, man. Just throw it hard, low on goal. And who knows? You might get that rebound. And, you know, I don't know. I just feel like Gallant, whatever players he's given with this group of guys and even the guys coming up from the AHL and Hartford, you know, I feel like they all buy into the system and they're going to have success no matter who they throw out there. Uh, It's just a matter of being able to put the best pieces together that are going to be able to compete in the playoffs. I think that's going to be the true test because we know they're a playoff team. We know that they're going to be there at the end of the day. I mean, whether that's a wild card spot or second or third in the in the metro, or even first in the metro, you never know. With with you know COVID, the team can just go you know kind of fall apart any given two weeks. You know you can cough up the division lead. So you know I just feel like the New York Rangers are in one of those positions where they just kind of need to keep humming along here, find their identity, 
keep buying in, keep growing, getting stronger, you know, get the younger kids some more ice during these games. And, and hopefully we can compete during the playoffs because that's going to be the ultimate test. And uh, yeah, Andy, it, it's just, it's exciting to be a Rangers fan, but you know, at the same time too, I, I think you and I both know that there's so much room for growth, especially with some of these younger kids that it's almost like you, you kind of want to push them along a little bit, you know, quicker because you know, this team legit has a shot to compete with some of these teams. No. Yeah. And I mean, obviously they, the elephant in the room is the amount of cap space they have this season. And I mean, just based on how they're doing, you have to assume Drury will use it. Uh, and it gets more interesting the more and more you hear things around the league, whether it's, uh, yeah, I mean, like the Sharks having a, a little push. So then you're like, oh, well, will Tomas Hurdle, and Tomas Hurdle having a hat trick the other day? It's like, well, will he be available? But then you hear that, you know, John Klingberg has requested a trade and all this other stuff. So, um, It'll, it'll be interesting to see what direction they go in with that. And I mean, you have to hope that an upgrade at a position would mean that more talent for some of the kids that are trying to to push their game along and, and get better. It might help them out a bit and have someone there to insulate them. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, at times you've either had, you know, I think it's not a secret that Lafreniere, after since making those adjustments to his game that he made with the kid line with him, he don't go where they were creating a lot of chances, all of them, but just, they just couldn't bury the puck. Then you put him with this new mentality with, uh, Strom and, and Goudreau with in Panarin's absence and they, and he takes off. Right. So yeah, it would be nice that when Panarin goes back, if, if Lafreniere doesn't maybe play on the other, other side, if he's uncomfortable, you know, if they do bring someone in for that third line who can, a produce more than uh, put the puck in the net more than Heedle and Gauthier can, and just you know help maybe insulate the two other kids in that line. And because obviously one of them either goes down to the fourth or is uh, going the other way in a trade or somewhere else, you know. So uh, yeah, it's uh, again we say this that this is not a perfect team, but to be in this spot despite their imperfections is is pretty good. And I mean, you're. Yeah, and I mean, you, you can't even say it's been on goaltending. Georgiev didn't, really didn't have to do much of anything last night. You know, he made a couple pretty good saves when he had to, but he didn't really have to do much. And even in the, you, you can't really, obviously you can't hang the Vegas game on him. I don't think he did anything really wrong. Like he played everything the way he should have. So, uh, yeah, it's, I think at this point, yes, obviously Shostarkin has been amazing for them, but it's it it hasn't been Hank level like it's been in the past where it's like he's just has to bail them out every single night. And just at least it doesn't feel that way to me. Although I know a lot is being made of some of the Rangers underlying numbers, but you know, they get good performances from their star players and sometimes they score good girl goals early and they just, they just kind of ride it out from there and they, they have that ability now. So yeah, sometimes. Can I ask you a question? Andy? Yeah, go ahead. All right. You know, I, I see so many people just lining up to knock the Rangers, right? They're not that good. You know, they do the power rankings. Rangers are way too high. They don't deserve to be there. All right, whatever. It's the power rankings. They change every week. Besides Carolina, is there a team that you'd consider perfect? Like, I, I think Carolina's a really good team. Like, I, I, I truly think they're the best team in the league, and there's a little gap between them and everybody else. Because mm. I can find flaws in, in in a lot of the teams. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, I... I definitely think 
Carolina is probably as close to the most balanced team in the league. I would definitely say that in that right. there are, are teams that maybe they don't, they're not as high octane as, in terms of offensive scoring prowess as uh, all, And that's not to say they can't score because they certainly can, but as maybe Toronto and uh, the Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the, like the, the Colorado avalanche. But I would argue again, they're stronger on the back end than both of those teams. And maybe I, that's not to say offensively, because obviously one team has Kale McCarr, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. and and Morgan Riley puts up a lot of points. But just in terms of their back end defensively is probably a bit more stouter in Carolina. And uh, yeah, they have they clearly have better goaltending than uh, the Avalanche because that's really been a bad. Uh, yeah, that's been a, a rough spot for them. Um yeah, but I just think they're def- you know we we everyone kind of saw the comeback from Col- of Colorado over the Leafs a couple games ago. Excuse me, a couple days. Jesus Christ, sorry. Uh, <laughs> almost choking on my own tea. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you can safely say that it seems like the Canes are just the most balanced team right now. Um, although Florida, now that they're getting healthy again, is looking back. They're getting back to their form, and man, I mean, they're just getting good performances from players at the right time. Anthony Duclair is having his, his second coming out party. He's been great for them. Uh, so and yeah, so they're back years ago. I would say, honestly, for me, uh, Carolina and, and the, the Panthers are probably the, t- the two teams that I might, I might tap. And that's no disrespect. And that's not to say that I don't think a av- Colorado avalanche or, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf team couldn't knock them off just based on some of the, the talent they have in their lineup. But I just think in terms of like just getting offensive contributions and limiting chances against, I think those teams are and getting good goaltending performances. I think those two teams are pretty good, you know, obviously Bobrovsky has been a little bit up and down this season and Spencer Knight has been sent down, but you know, the, I think ultimately uh, to your point, Car- Carolina is that one team where it's like, if if you can rate teams at a fi- at fives as being the highest across the board, I think they're the only team that's probably like a like maybe four 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 four. You know, where other teams might be like five three, you know, f- uh, four two five or whatever. You know, right? And and you know, and that's my point. It's like everyone knocks the Rangers, but they're still twenty three nine and four. They're still number two in the Metro. And last time I checked, everyone has to play everyone in this league, and it's not the Rangers' fault that you know they're they beat all. Of, let's just say that's true, right? We buy the narrative. They beat all the bad teams in the NHL. Well, they must be doing fairly well against some of the good teams because they're twenty three nine and four. They've only lost nine games, and you know everyone always points at the one loss and says, "See, Rangers stink." And you know, listen again. I think there's a difference between saying. The Rangers aren't there yet, but they're competing. And to say that the Rangers are a legit Stanley Cup contender. I think teams in the New York Rangers spot could be true for like both. Like, like for me right now, all right, the Toronto Maple Leafs are competing for a Stanley Cup. They're third in the Atlantic and they have 47 points in 33 games. The New York Rangers have 50 points in 36 games. And I think. Their their goal is to make the playoffs and you know be competitive, but you know the Rangers have more points and you know more wins. So it's like, listen, like teams can be in different parts of the standings, and 
have a different narrative to their season. It's just so frustrating. Like, I just don't get why, what, what, like nothing needs to be binary about, you know, the NHL. It's, it's, everyone knows that once you make the playoffs, it's a crapshoot at that point. I mean, you've seen it every single season. There's teams that, you know, have tremendous upsets, uh, tremendous letdowns. Uh, you know, there's Cinderella stories. I mean, it, that's the beauty of sports. And, you know, that's why I love the NHL so much. It's that it's on any given night, you can beat anyone. And, you know, for me, I was not expecting a season like this from the New York Rangers. And I feel like people just want to go out of their way to tell tell you how bad the New York Rangers are. It's like, true fans, we, we kind of know, we get it. We know there's room for improvement. We know there's some of our defensemen like Hayek who have been playing that probably don't deserve to be, you know, dressing up for even Hartford. So it, it's just, you know, it just makes you scratch your head sometimes about, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just complaining about Rangers Twitter. So that's pretty much it, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's par for the course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, again, and I've mentioned this a few times, trying to psychoanalyze where there's a lot of, especially with this being the 30 days of Henrik Lundqvist, I think there's still a lot of emotional scarring and fear based on what if this becomes yet another team that is propped up by whether it's, uh, you know, elite goaltending or whatever, having a Norris Trophy defenseman or a Hart candidate like Panarin and that without these things that this team is ultimately can't get it done, you know? But I think that's a valid argument when you were the Rangers that had Mark Stahl and Dan Girardi and, and a bunch of older kind of in their mid to late 20s and, you know, early, th- you know, mid to early to mid 30s veterans on the team. But just looking at the amount of youth on this team and that right now this is where they're at. I mean, there's more young players than old players on this team. You know, I mean, between. I don't, it's just between Fox and Lindegren and Keandre Miller and it like Truba's like the old man. Well, and I obviously other than a, a Nemeth or Tenorti, but like uh, whether it's on the back end or it's the entire third line. And now some of their, the guys who are slotting in on their, their fourth line, whether it's, you know, either Dryden hunt or, uh, you know, now Morgan Barron or Brodzinski or Gettinger and Lafreniere and Kako and, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a team of young guys that have some, obviously they have some vets around them, but yeah, this is a young team. And as those, these players, you know, right now, some of them are in their early 20s and some of them are, are just turning 20 or 21. You know, once they kind of settle into being 24, 25 years old, you kind of get a little bit more of that piss and vinegar, if you know what I'm saying, and you get the chip on your shoulder. That's usually when those are the teams that you look at who end up you know, just kind of uh, getting far. Not it's not usually the young teams make those runs. You know what I mean? So yeah, they're they're they can clearly they clearly have some upward tra- trajectory at least in mind mind. Un, you know, God willing, if the cap doesn't uh, prevent them from reaching it or or shipping some important pieces out. Yeah, and you know, I I just think too the narrative is not set even for this season, and we still have ways to go and to pinpoint and and point at the Rangers, you know, uh, deficiencies. Uh, we know that they're, you know, the, their defensive depth is maybe not the greatest on that third pairing. And they're, you know, still going through growing pains, whether that be Nils or, or Jones. And obviously that sixth defenseman spot, I think is up for grabs and probably due for an upgrade by the trade deadline. And then, 
Then you look at the Rangers. Uh, you know, I, I think you know the combination of any fourth line. I think is there. It's kind of like your that third line. You're trying to you know figure out like how can we get that line to be a little bit more productive. Uh, how do we get that line to contribute on a you know game to game basis uh, without you know uh, you know without having to rely too heavily on uh, the second Panarin driven line. And then, you know, the, that first line where thank God Zibanejad started scoring because that was again, much needed. And you saw what happened when Zibanejad, Zibanejad, oh my God, I can't say it. Um, Zibanejad is, is dried up and, you know, Kreider's, you know, scoring production is, slows down a little bit. And, you know, the Rangers really need that third line to be special. And, you know, if they can write that, you know, by the trade deadline, I really think we can do damage in the playoffs because a couple things with the playoffs. Number one, it's a gritty style game. Things are slowed down and the clutching and grabbing, they allow it because they don't want the referees to dictate the game. Uh, that's why you see so many upsets and that's why you see teams like Calgary always end up failing because they don't have that, you know, sense of grit. I think the Rangers have that a little bit. I think they're not the grittiest team in the NHL, but they're certainly they certainly carry an element with them where you know they're tough to play against. They they're not afraid to throw body checks, and even you know in the Anaheim game, you just saw them you know really just go to work. And you know teams that hustle, teams that you know are are, are you know are not afraid to buy into that. You know we're just going to slowly grind you down and and try to win this game. You know two one three two you know, those teams are successful in the playoffs. So I think the Rangers ha- have that element. Do they have the depth? Do they have the guys that are going to be gamers and, and score that big goal to go up three to two? Uh, I think they have the goaltending. Uh, I think they have the right defensemen that have an offensive element, but also can shut down and, and play that physical style defense of, you know, grinding out plays in the defensive corner and being able to chip pucks up safely to their wingers. I think they have that. I think. I think they don't need as much speed as people think they need in the playoffs because everything's a little bit slow to slow down and it's more of a, you know, a, a boxing match going, you know, into the later rounds where you don't have to deliver a constant knockout blow uh, you know, to win every round. So I, I don't know, Andy, I, I feel like some of the pieces are there. They're just, you know, and I don't think Drury's done. So the verdict is really out on the Rangers. You can't really make a decision on who they are because they're not close to being a final product. Yeah. And again, I think that kind of is another as a, an extra layer of frustration for some fans, because again, I, the aforementioned fear of maybe them being propped up in some sort of ways that is like disingenuous or smoke and mirrors, which is ridiculous anyway. Uh, and, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, there's hard to get a good sense of this team because as you can tell, even there's still so many spots that are up for grabs. You, I would say the bottom six is up for grabs. The entire bottom six in any co- combination is up for grabs. I don't think anyone's spot is safe. And then I think there is maybe a winger spot. Uh, there's one spot on the wing up for grabs in the top six between, you know, I think Kako's got one locked down, but we'll see if Lafreniere can take it or someone else does or hell even maybe Lafreniere goes up with Mika at some point if and uh, if Kako can't really figure into too many more goals or points up there um so yeah I mean 
This is a team that is winning despite having to answer all these questions. It's a hard line to walk, and somehow Gerard Gallant has figured out how to do it. And he's got, listen, I mean, it comes with a cost that when you have so many, you're trying to to be a team that's uh, as good as their record, it just doesn't mean, all right, I'm just going to play both Lafreniere and Kako on the first power play unit or Nils Lundqvist. You know, it's just, it is what it is. Or Keon, you see what Keandre Miller's got. There's not little experimenting. It's just the way that it is. So those guys aren't going to get Zegers level ice time. Although I would say watching that Anaheim game, I did notice that after making a few uh, you know, Zegers would did a few flashy things last game, but for the most part, he was kind of a non-factor. He tried a few spinorama passes that either went to nowhere or got picked off rather easily and went the other way. And then I noticed he kind of got his ice time diminished in the third. So I wonder if that was a result of kind of sending a message that it's like, you know, obviously it's great that you have all the skill in the world, but you have to be really careful and selective and you can't put your 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 your, your all your talent can't hurt your teammates. You know, and so that was that seemed like Eakins was kind of sending a little message there, unless that's how I interpreted it. So it's just funny to think. And now you have Lafreniere playing a little, maybe less flashy, but, you know, we saw at least he's trying more things now. He seems to be getting more comfortable. He's moving his feet more. He's made some really nice passes the, the past few games. And I think that just has to do with him being more comfortable. And if you approach the game the right way, and at least you're trying to be active and get in on the forecheck and be in good spots, then all of a sudden you can use your skill to open things up for you. So, and that's just things that a lot of any, you know, young players in the league have to get through their heads. And some of them probably like a Philip Heal that might just never, that lesson might never stick, but um, yeah, I mean, so they're in a good spot for this road trip and now they, they have the, the LA Kings next. Yep. Uh, so I think we both know that means Leah Anderson is going to have a hat trick and, uh, but no, I mean, it's seriously, a very winnable game for them um i haven't looked at what the king's health and covid situation is like so you know we get the rangers get panarin back which is huge for them uh you know obviously you hope it's not one of those things where they all kind of like now that panarin's back they all think they can take their foot off the gas because that when that happens sometimes teams actually end up hurting themselves and not putting up a good effort when they get a good big piece back but uh yeah, I mean, if they play like the way they they play the last game with and just add Panera into that into that equation somehow, I mean, that's a that can be trouble for for the Kings, you know. Yeah, and you know, but you know, I do think that you know having Gallant might uh, be out with COVID on a COVID protocol might actually null and void any uh, setback. You know, the Rangers might have mentally now that Panarin's back in the lineup. So again, I expect the Rangers to come out flying. Uh, it's tough though, because you look at you know just the way the Rangers have you know kind of played out west. The last West Coast trip was kind of a, a shit show a little bit, and yeah. you know yeah, the Rangers you know got smoked by Vegas. You know they played well against Anaheim. I kind of just hope they don't you know uh, you know fall behind here with the LA Kings. The, the Kings are one of those teams where. Yeah, they're they're not, you know, they're not, they're not in a sexy spot in the standings, but they're one of those teams that are pretty dangerous and you know, they're able to play, you know, tough against the Rangers and I don't know, maybe it's just that, you know, they beat us in the Stanley Cup final and I'm just scarred, but I I never trust LA. I don't know I don't care where they are in the standings. Whenever we have to go out west and play this team, I just uh you know, I get nervous and 
you know, they got Leah Sanderson. You saw what happened with Howden. He's able to put the puck in the net against the New York Rangers. Uh, yeah, uh, probably Anderson's up for a couple goals or at least a couple points. Uh, so, yeah, it's a big one for sure. I think if they take this game, uh, you know, they'll be able to finish above 500 and be 3-2 and two on this road trip. Uh, you know, obviously not all the games are out west. They go to San Jose on Thursday, and then Saturday they play Philly. So, um, yeah, every game's important. And I don't know, Andy. I just feel like, you know, the, the Rangers are, are just humming along here pretty well, and you kind of just want them to keep going. Uh, I have one question for you. you. You're usually up to date on this kind of stuff. Um, with February obviously having now the gap and they're going to announce makeup games, do we know when they're going to come out with some sort of schedule or are they still kind of waiting for maybe things to calm down up in, up in Canada and uh, try to schedule around that? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I haven't heard anything. It might be very much what you said. I had heard there was like, I think Elliot Friedman had mentioned even that there was speculation that uh, one of the things the especially with the the COVID restrictions up in Canada and that their preference to not lose money, take a bath on all those games was to really try to push those games, either A, push those games until a date where restrictions get eased so they can have some people in the stands, uh, and then B, potentially talk of moving some of the Canadian teams to another a permanent, or, or say permanent, a temporary home uh, in another arena, you know, prob- I guess I would imagine stateside, just to avoid the travel restrictions and the, uh, yeah, just the have not any fans. So, yeah, it's, I think there's things up in the air. Um, I also think that they don't want to put out a schedule because clearly there are teams that are still getting their games canceled right now. And I think they know that uh, these next few weeks here in January will probably end up being the worst in terms of. Uh, right after the holidays in terms of COVID, um, you know, cases in the league surging. So I guess once they, uh, things start maybe going down and we see, uh, those cases in the league start to dwindle again, uh, it might, yeah, then I think they'll be more comfortable officially rescheduling games, knowing that they're not going to have to then announce a schedule, then go around and try to shoehorn another game in if another team gets their uh, next game or two, you know, shut down. So, right. And, and, you know, I would imagine, I I would imagine by January 20th, we'd probably get an idea of when the NHL is going to come out with that schedule and, you know, what the schedule is probably going to entail, whether that, you know, like you said, whether that be the Canadian team move to a new hub down in the States uh, and, and kind of have a, like a little bubble for them. I, I doubt they're going to be scattered around the United States. I mean, I just feel like that that also wouldn't make any sense either, but um, I don't know, Andy, I, it just, I don't know, maybe because we're in our own little isolated world, but I feel like the Rangers have kind of been one of the luckier teams, even though they have been affected by COVID they're, their players have been, you know, slowly trickling in and out of COVID protocol over the last, you know, uh, two months, I guess. But, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like we've been pretty lucky, you know, knock on wood. And uh, obviously we hope everyone continues to stay safe and, and Rangers still continue to play well, despite having some key players missing at uh, what seems like a week to week basis here. So um, do you have anything else? 
Uh, no, not really. I mean, it, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how they perf- continue to perform on this road trip. Uh, I hope I, for my own just enjoyment, I think what I, my own fan, uh, casting as the coach of, of the New York Rangers, I do hope Morgan Barron kind of can use this stint here to really solidify his spot up with the big club and, uh, his spot permanently on the fourth line, uh, as the center there. Cause I, I loved how he played last game. Hopefully he can keep it up. You know, I don't really have much hope for say, uh, a Johnny Brodzinski, who's kind of like an all offense AHL guy or, and as much as I like Tim Gettinger and spurts, I mean, I just, I don't think he'll ever really be a, a permanent factor with this team. Um, but maybe I'll be, maybe he'll make me my words. This could surprise me, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the only thing is that it, it would be interesting to see Laurie Payunyemi maybe get a shot while he's with the taxi squad. Um, just cause he's another guy who has a very interesting, uh, all offense toolkit. Oh, I don't want to say all offense, but he's just, you know, he's got a deadly shot. And I think that's one of the things the Rangers could probably really, really use. So it would just, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he can maybe step in the lineup, but uh, yeah, I think I'm interested to see how now with Nemeth apparently returning to the team after his non-COVID related uh, absence and, you know, the way Tenorti played, you hope at least Jones and, and Nils can somehow one or both of them can can get those spots back eventually, you know, just rooting for them. But again, I, I want what's best for the New York Rangers and if they're more successful, you know having a, a more limited but steady uh older defenseman in that spot i guess so be it you know what i mean uh you know i i hate to be yet another person that just jumps on the <laughs> this mad at libor hayek but i just you know i just at this point with him i think yeah it's just his his it, when it rains it pours with him so and i don't know what it is i don't know if it's a uh hockey iq issue or this or that it's just you know the kid sometimes just handles the puck like a grenade and plays scared and it just doesn't help him so uh yeah i mean i just hope the rangers continue to show out on this road trip uh i will say you know this is unrelated but we just found out that um uh, bob saget passed away so very sad rest in peace bob saget obviously a funny guy twitter is a light with just fellow comedians coming out to talk about how you know how nice and also like filthily you know funny he was so uh yeah just obviously sad lost a lot of you know um yeah just a you know a lot of sad losses this year uh including you know uh the horrible story with that high school hockey player uh teddy balkan who who died on the ice after a, a sliced neck which is just absolutely awful and horrible and you know, obviously, our our hearts, our thoughts, and prayers go out to uh, his family and those who uh, knew and loved him. It was just, you know, absolutely uh, horrible and you know, disastrous thing to go through. So, yeah, we're thinking of uh, him and we're thinking of his, uh, you know, his, his loved ones in this tough time. So, um, yeah, I guess you know, I don't really have anything else other beyond that. I have some more uh, boxes to tape together and put away, and uh, I just want to thank everyone for. Uh, listening to this one, I, I saw on, on uh, Twitter that our podcast kind of got passed up uh, as a potential and a thread of you know good Rangers podcast to follow. And I appreciate that we got a bunch of new followers, so that's cool. So if you're listening for the first time, hey, welcome aboard. Right, glad to have you. 
if anyone ever wants something addressed in the podcast or has a personal question or just, you know, I don't know, disagrees with something I say or James says adamantly, just, yeah, just tweet at us and we'll address it and give you a shout out and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll talk about it. So do that. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. So uh, thank you, everyone. Hopefully the Rangers keep it going here and we will see you all again Thursday morning. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.